Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now for the uh, what could go wrong segment of the show. It uh, is it is uh, a pretty interesting website. I, Jake found it yesterday. Or I was telling him about it, and he took a look through it, and he he talked to the guys who own it. So the owner is Dwight. He was the guy who originally started it, but the guy, uh, I think it's Norbert, who is the, the runs the office, basically runs the creation. Operations above. manager, yeah, he'll be on there as well. And uh, the idea is uh, uh, these helicopters are little one-seaters, and they're – as far as aircraft go, they're ridiculously uh, uh, affordable. Now, that's all relative because at 49000 bucks, that's not cheap. But it is for aircraft. Well, and when you go to the website and you, they, the first page pulls up and it's a line of the single-seat helicopters immediately, you're like, holy, holy hell, and God, these, you got to have it. And make no mistake, these are not gyrocopters. These are, these are real, actual working helicopters yeah. with helicopter controls, with cyclic controls. Like, these are real... Like, you should really know how to fly a helicopter before flying one of these. Uh, now, the interesting uh, side of it is, because it is technically an experimental slash ultralight, you don't legally have to have a license. At least, we didn't with ours when we were building ultralights. Right. And, uh, well, let me find out what these guys are. The Internet. Bringing the world to your fingertips. Information. Technology. E-commerce. And such classic videos as Two Girls, One Cup. I'd like to say I haven't seen that one. I'd also like to say I wish I could bleach my brain. But we here at the Johnny Dare Morning Show understand that sometimes places like your job frown upon you looking at things on the internet that could be construed as pornography. And that is why we're here. We find the products that make your world a better place. We do the research. In some cases, we do the field testing. And quite frankly, there are some of us who need a breathalyzer on their PayPal account. I'm going to buy a laser. But now. Now. As we strive to bring technology to your doorstep, the Johnny Dare Morning Show presents the website of the day. I don't know anybody who hasn't thought about flying, who hasn't thought, man, it should be cool to be able to do it, to fly a jet, to fly an airplane, to fly a helicopter, to fly a balloon, whatever it is. We've been fascinated by flying since the beginning of time. Since we were able to walk, we wanted more. So, uh, hey, Dwight. Hey, Norbert. How are you guys? Hey, good. This is Dwight. Hey, this is Norb. Uh, good morning. So, so Dwight, you started this company, right? Uh, yes, sir. 40 years ago. And I remember seeing this on the website, maybe 10 or 15 years ago when these things popped up. When did you first put your website up? Oh, golly, that would have been uh, somewhere around 2004 was uh, the so, first so, time we actually went to a show. So right around you know, about 10, 15 years ago. And yeah, I remember seeing it. It popped up through something else. We were flying like powered parachutes. And we got all fascinated about this this thing, this idea of ultralight and experimental flying. 
without having to have a, uh, all of the, the rules and the regulations, which, by the way, I, I have so many conflicting feelings. Why I've enjoyed it myself, I also know how crazy it is, the idea that you offer aircraft that pretty much any of us can purchase, and if we're careful and we don't kill ourselves, we can just go fly around. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it really is, and it's you have to think of it in terms of this is like one of the only countries in the world that you can actually do that to as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, and when I was doing it, it was even before that. What did they call it? The Sport One Hundred and Three was after it got enacted sometime in uh, in in the middle twenties, uh, like like ten or eleven. Yeah, part part one hundred and three would be the ultralight, and then yeah. you had the LSA. I think you might be referring to the yeah. light sport aircraft. Yeah, because yeah. it changed a couple of the rules. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the idea, though, it used to be if you had under, was it five gallons of gas for the ultralight? Five, five gallons or less. Uh, limitations of 62 and a half miles per hour. You can't fly over highly populated, you know, densely populated areas. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of the basic rules of it. And so, especially with the flying go-kart parts, because they're much more forgiving in terms of, like, it's just a simple, simple, ridiculous kind of a machine. They just, the capabilities are different. Um, you could just, these farmers would have them delivered to their houses, and they were just crashing them into their barns, their silos, and their trees, and their power lines. And it was just absurd. But it, it really wasn't a hard thing to learn how to do. Someone just had to give you the basic idea about it. And then, with any common sense, you were pretty safe. This helicopter, you guys, this is real, right? I mean, this is a real cyclic helicopter controls absolutely the controls are the exact same way that you would find them in a robinson 22 a 44 a dell jet ranger it's the exact same controls and, and and that is without a doubt a tricky thing to learn well yeah helicopters by nature <clears throat> would be considered an unstable aircraft which means it doesn't want to stay you know where you put it so you're always flying the aircraft so for that reason it's a little bit more difficult, uh, you know, to fly. Um, what we do, even though, as you said, legally, you don't have to have a license to fly. What we do, uh, we can't stop people from doing it, but we offer a $5,000 discount on the kit or the aircraft as long as somebody goes, gets training to, what we like to see them get trained to is a solo rating. Uh, that's not mean they can jump in a Robinson or a Jet Ranger, but it does mean they could jump into an XEL Mosquito and fly it competently. Yeah, they could and, go practice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so we're talking about we're talking about like even like so the XE is is the most affordable, right? Uh, the yeah, the XE is the most affordable. It's the only difference between it and the XEL, the Ultralight, would be the fact that the Ultralight qualifies for Ultralight with the floats on it. Right, so that you've got to slow it down a little bit, use a uh, little uh, to put in less fuel, and uh, and this thing it's it's pretty fantastic because it's even got floats. Like so, the whole idea that you can land this thing and and, and you can land it on water, correct? Yeah, it does have to be functional. That's part of the FAA FAR rules. However, we don't like to see guys, amateurs or low time pilots, do water because landing on water is a lot different than landing on on land. So sure. to do it on water, you need some special training for that as well. Yeah, right. But mostly, basically, I think those floats, they're just bigger tires for landing because that way when you bump it in a little harder, it's a little more forgiving, right? Well, not really because the floats actually mount on top of the skids. So even if you have floats on it, you're oh. landing on the skids beneath the floats. So it's purely it's purely just to satisfy a need. that the, that the... Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. So – 
Forty-seven thousand bucks. You can get in this thing now. If you take your training and get a little further down the road for forty-nine, you get it's, it's a little. I think the other one's a little more. Obviously, it's got more gas and it's got a little bigger engine in it. Correct. Uh, if you're talking about the XC290, uh, yes. yeah, that would be a larger engine, and that would not qualify for ultralight. That one you would have to have a rating of some type. Mm-hmm. Does not mean you have to have a helicopter rating because they don't call out the specific uh, rating for experimental single seat, but you do have to have a rating with a current medical and with some helicopter training, you could fly that as an experimental. So this, so if you're just joining the show, the idea, like I have 30 acres and I have, I definitely have a a pasture in the front big enough to drop a little, one of these mosquitoes in because these, how much does the entire uh, craft weigh? Was it 300 pounds? Uh, Yeah, just, just barely over three, 312 is what it would weigh. 300 pounds. That's amazing. 300 yeah. pounds when you think about that. That's the engine, the body, the rotors, everything. It's a 300 pound. My motorcycle weighs 850. Right. Well, well, to put that in perspective, the entire airframe is made out of a composite material. There's no metal structure involved at all. And that entire airframe only weighs, it's less than 70 pounds for the airframe. So the rest of that weight is engine rotors, bearings, shafts, things of that nature. Yeah, and it is it is crazy to think I could buy this. Um, if I get it factory finished, it's 60000 47 if I do it myself, which how, how many people put this together themselves, which seems like a, a kind of a, a poor idea. Well, yeah, it's about 50% of the people, 50% of the buyers will do it themselves. The other 50% come to the factory and do it like a factory assist build. Mm-hmm where they can build it on our factory floor with our assistance so they know how to do maintenance and stuff when they get home. That's the ideal way to do it sure. for the average guy. And, and let's say I want to learn to fly this, uh, an ultralight aircraft like this, the XEL. What does it take time-wise, the average person, it, to do it safely? Well, if you're average, most guys within 10 hours, they, they're fairly competent on you know being able to take the aircraft off, hover it around, and land it safely. Yeah, So. And- Obviously, everybody's a little bit different, but that would be an average. But it's like playing a drum set. Your hands and feet, everything is doing something different. That is correct. Yeah, there's no time to scratch your nose. You're busy all the time. <laughs> so so with your right hand, you, you've got your, is it your throttle there? Uh, well, actually, your right hand, if you're right-handed, it's going to be on your cyclic. Okay, that's on your cyclic. Uh, then your left hand would be on your collective and your throttle. Okay, and so, then obviously both feet would be on the yaw control, which is your tail rotor. Okay, so let's let's I'll explain to people who've never done this before. So your right hand on your cyclic that would control what motion? That would be your directional, forwards, backwards, sideways, cylindrically. Uh, that's why they call it cyclic. Right, right. Cylindrically, you can t- control in any direction. Which uh, obviously a helicopter is the only aircraft that can do that. You can go backwards, sideways, forwards, whatever you want. Now, then the left hand yep. would be your collective, which as you lift the collective, the aircraft goes higher. If you lower the collective, obviously, you decrease altitude. And at the same time, it's got like a motorcycle throttle on it. So that is your throttle right. on your left. So if you want to go up faster, you give it more gas. If you want to go up slower, you give it a little less gas. But both ways, you're pulling up. And if you want to go down, you're going to push down. Yes, pretty much. So yeah, now, you, now you've got – okay, so we know now that – uh, your direction is your right, your power to that and up and down is your left, and then you've got your feet, which is going to be, is that going to be a left rotate or right rotate? Well, uh, you can turn right or left turn, pedal turns right. is what you would call that. But basically in aircraft terms, that's called yaw, contur- yeah. yaw control. Uh, but that is, 
It's actually a big anti-torque device as well as yaw control because the big rotor spinning over your head has torque. If there were no tail rotor, the aircraft would just spin in circles. You couldn't stop it. So the tail rotor is keeping it straight when you want to go straight, and you add more pitch to either make a right or left-hand turn from there. Yeah, it's a, it, it really is very much like trying to play a drums. Like, like okay, this is your snare, this is your, your hi-hat, these are your kick drums, and it can either sound like a cacophony and you crash, or you get a rhythm going and you actually fly. Right. It, 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 yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a drummer, so yeah. I can compare that to that, and I would say that's a correct assessment. Guys that uh, you know are good at running, uh, say, heavy equipment, track hoes, back hoes, things like that, they seem to pick it up a little bit quicker, too, because they're doing the same thing, generally. Of the modern machinery, it's both hands, both feet when you're, you know, doing as well. How many, but, of, these, how many of these have you guys sold? Uh, we're well over 400 uh, currently since 2004. All right. And how many of those guys uh, have done well and how many have not done well? Well, over the series of, what is that, about 18 years, I guess, uh, there has been uh, a few. Uh, we actually have a very good safety record compared to the industry. Sure. But there has been a few casualties. Um, we've never had a casualty due to mechanical failure. See, that's and, the most important you know. thing. That's, that's and, the single most important to me, what you're saying mm, right there. Human error right. is, is human error. But because right. we are having this discussion, and I'm sorry to jump in, but this is, uh, this is one of the things we talked about. Like when I was flying the, the powered parachute, as ridiculous as it was, if the engine had an engine out, I was under, I was under canopy. So I just had to dodge trees and, and power lines and find somewhere to, to, to bring it in. So it wasn't the right. end of the world. With a helicopter, I, I understand that, you know, there's the rotational issue. Like, you know, if the engine goes out, you can, uh, the theory is, and I know it's real, but they say, right. that, they say that you can uh, auto-rotate yourself to the ground. That, that is true. And the one thing that we have going for us is we have a, it's called auto-rotation, and we have a very good auto rotation capability. In fact, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find any other helicopter in the world that has a better one. And that's great. The machine was actually built with that in mind because we know our customers are going to be low time or no time pilots. So you want to give them every possible benefit to actually get to the ground safely. And the thing that you have to remember is if you do an auto rotation, you can land it like a feather and you can do it in a circle of about 50 foot in diameter. You don't need a rollout. You don't need a runway. You don't need anything like that. So in some ways, it's a little bit safer than a fixed wing. Sure. And, and so let's – but auto-rotation, because I think when I first heard about it, I assumed that the, the blades spun counter to what they normally would because one – logically, to me, I thought it goes up with one and then it goes down and have to spin the other way. But that's not true, is it? No, that's not true. Yeah, you basically what you do is uh, you lower the collective to a neutral position – and the air flowing through the blade, it's much like uh, the maple leaf seed, you yes. know, in the fall. When you think it's the exact same scenario, but it propels the main rotor uh, fast enough. It can actually overspeed the rotor if you, you know, if you lower the collective too much. But it gives you ample reserve rotor RPM that you can fly the machine. You can do 180 degree turns, 360 degree turns. You can still fly it just like you normally would fly it on your way down. So, uh, Norbert, are you still there? Oh, yeah. Norbert, so tell me this. Have you taken it all the way up and turned the motor off and said, I'm going to auto-rotate this son of a bitch all the way down? So so now you're talking about my own pilot skills. And my, <laughs> my pilot skills, I haven't done that yet. 
but there's there's examples on YouTube that if you uh, if you if you look on YouTube and look for mosquito water rotation, there's uh, uh, examples of people doing it all the time. What about you, Dwight? And I have, have to you tried say, it? it's kind of unnerving. Yeah, I bet. To be in the air and to shut the engine off and to bring it down. It's uh, it's quite the roller coaster ride. Have you done it, Dwight? Are you still there, Dwight? Yeah. Have yes, you sir. have you done it, Dwight? Uh, I do. Yeah, it uh, routinely. I do it routinely. I usually get. Uh, I, I'm usually the guy. I'm the. Uh, we call. They call me the Buster around here because I'm the test dummy. So usually when we test the birds, it's not uncommon to go to altitude and go ahead and do a auto rotation just to verify that the blades are set up correctly. Um, so it's one of those things that once you learn how to do it. Um, it's, as Norbert says, it's very unnerving to learn, but once you learn how to do it, it becomes fun. It's like doing a stunt and you'll want to do it all the time. And if you, <laughs> if you talk to a, a high houred commercial helicopter pilot, yeah. they'll tell you that they do it every time they land. They'll, they'll do an auto rotation with a power recovery at the bottom just to stay in practice. Sure. I, I think you're, you're, uh, your card for the company should just say CMF, the crazy mother effer in charge. Yeah. That's you. <laughs> nah. Well, we, we, we glad you, we're glad you think that. Yeah. It is, it is, it's a magic carpet ride. When you're in the air, there's nothing else like I'm sure. flying a magic carpet and going wherever you want to go, facing whatever direction you want to face. It's, 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 uh, it's outrageous. No, no, that's the draw of the whole thing, man. Since we were, we learned to walk, the, you know, it's, it's weird little my, bipeds coming from the muck. We wanted to go, we wanted to walk, we wanted to run faster, we wanted to climb things, then we wanted to fly, right? As soon as we saw a bird. And and now the idea of, of helicopters, you're right, it's the natural extension after becoming an aircraft pilot, because it is harder, but it is so much more capable. It, it can do, literally, set down in a 50-foot square. You can fly this, if you own this thing, I live, uh, you know, if I live in the country, I could fly it to my house, I could fly it to anywhere that it's it's legal, like... The laws now, I'm not completely up on the ultralight laws. I know you can't go over super dense areas, but what te- what technically is a super dense area? Well, yeah, that's the that, that's actually an issue that people argue about all the time because the FAA doesn't really define that. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of pilot discretion. If you happen to fly over highly de- dense area, I don't know anybody that's ever been busted for that right but at the same time if you were flying over a highly de- uh, dense area and you had an accident or something somebody's probably going to give you a little bit of grief so it's kind of a pilot discretion thing i guess is what it comes down to it's pic pilot in control they determine what is safe to fly over or not because the faa still hasn't really defined that yeah and that's weird because when you're a pilot they can pull your ticket but you're like i'm not a pilot son <laughs> it's like so i know they could ban you from flying obviously if you if you were egregious right. enough but the idea though because do you even have to have a designation on the aircraft by the way uh you don't i mean if you want to fly into uh you know airports smaller airports and sometimes if it's uh, and if it has a controller on an FBO there, they will ask you to put some kind of designation on so they can identify you when you uh, call for you know an approach or a landing or departure. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. 
Plus. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. So if somebody wanted to buy, it's like they're listening today in Kansas City, and they're just joining the show and they, they want to buy a single person Mosquito helicopter, which is a real helicopter. Just so you guys know, this isn't a gyrocopter. This isn't a, what you would call a kit type deal. This is a real working, absolute, real control helicopter. It's just, it's got a different thing to it. So an ultralight means one person and it has to have under five gallons of gas. Now for that, you can buy the kit for 47000 or factory finish for sixty. That's a That's an amazing thing to have a brand new aircraft and fly it. But they can just call you and then come out and you deliver it or they... You, how is it, what's the process to get this? Uh, every customer is different. I mean, some customers will actually come pick it up. Uh, other customers will ship it to them. So it, it just depends on their own personal needs. Now, they used to give us the big speech about don't fly over anything that you can't land on. Yeah, and, and that's probably a good, safe rule to do. Um, uh, helicopters, pilots generally will tell you as they fly, they're always looking for a landing spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's flying by road, if it's a heavily treed, you know, area or a heavily populated area, that way they have a place to go if there is a problem. And that's a safe and a smart way to fly. You are. Because to me, the Lake of the Ozarks down here, you know, it takes hours to go around the lake. But if you had this and you had to go across and pick something up or do something, like this would be amazing down at Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, and, I have, and one with floats on it and a properly trained guy, that, that makes it very safe because halfway across, if there was an issue, you know, you have the ability to land the aircraft in the water. Yeah, well, I mean, my, the other thing is fly high, son. Fly high. Like, you know, like make sure you yeah. you got enough altitude. Altitude's your friend, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, I just love this whole idea. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly really considering it because I've looked at this forever and ever how you could do this. And uh, like I said, I've got 30 acres. I love the idea of being able to go around and you feel like you guys have got that engine just, just in the pocket. Like you're, you know, as long as you do the maintenance, there's really no reason that shouldn't, you shouldn't just have a flawless flight as long as you're paying attention, you know, human error. Right. Every, every, as you know, you fly. So I'm sure you know this, that safety is all about pre-flight, post-flight inspections and maintenance. That's what it's all about. You know, if you, want to treat like your automobile and you never open the hood, well, you're probably going to have a problem someday. <laughs> sure. What, what's your maintenance like on this? Uh, every 25 hours, you got a couple of spark plugs to change. You got two gearboxes with 20, uh, 30 cc's of oil, and you got eight grease fittings. You shoot a shot of grease, too. And that's pretty much it. Jesus Christ. If people, for those of you who don't know, when you have an aircraft, a different, a larger aircraft, like, it's a completely different world we're talking about. You're talking about maintenance on like a like on any machine, on any motor. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have some zerks, you're going to have some oil to change, and you're going to have some spark plugs you got to take care of. I mean, that's that's a that's all there is maintenance-wise. Yeah. And then then of course the other beauty is if it's ultralight, you don't necessarily have to hire an AMP to do that work. You can do that yourself sure. if you're, you know, a capable person. Listen, if you can learn to fly that, I believe you could change a spark plug. You know, I, like, I would think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Have you ever had a guy? Because look, I have friends. We ride motorcycles. I've had a couple friends over the years uh, that we were like, "Hey, man, maybe this isn't for you." 
Have you ever looked at a guy and gone, "Hey, I don't, I don't kind of don't want to sell this to you. I think you ought to rethink this." Yes, yeah, I, I we definitely do. I, I tell my dealers all the time, you know, uh, everybody knows the phrase that the customer is always right. But in our business, I tell our dealers sometimes the customer is not right, and we got to be smart enough to say, "No, this is not for you." You know? Yeah, yeah, because it's not good business having to kill someone. Or let or let me rephrase that: let them kill themselves. You, uh, right. Yeah. And, there, there's no advantage for us or them. <laughs> so here's the sneak we used to use on the on the uh, powered parachutes. We would put two seats in because we would call it a trainer. Right. Now, you guys, can you not get away with that? And they and the mosquitoes. No, that that's where that LSA category comes from. Light sport aircraft that was created just to stop, stop that feet ultralights because of. Technically, if you read the FARs, the FAA rules, there's no such thing as a two-seat ultralight, right? But guys were getting away with it for years because there were no trainers for them. So Got that's it. why that LSA category was kind of created to, to, you know, do that. Now, because it flies like a helicopter, any two-seat helicopter, any train facility, helicopter train facility, if you learn to fly, you can fly this. It's going to fly pretty much like the one that you learned with an instructor next to you. Because that's the only drawback with this is, you know, did, did you don't, you're not able to share it with somebody. That, that To me, like, that's the single only drawback of the thing. Yeah. Well, that that's the case. Uh, you know, then you got to go, there's no, as I said, there's no such thing as a two-place uh, ultralight. So you'd have to step up and get a license and go with a two-place if you wanted to do that. However, you'd be surprised how many guys we get to come to us that have a two-seater and they want a single-seater. Because they, <laughs> yeah, they're they tired bought, of taking someone with them. Well, they can't get their family to go with them after a while. You know, uh, everybody wants to go the first couple trips, but then after that, they're paying for that second seat, and it's always empty. So you yeah. know, you got that. So. Well, and the other thing is, and I don't know if this ever would make any sense at all, but is there any any chance? What if you needed to, you you did something like a, a wider seat? Just there happened to be wider seat in the thing. Well, that's a little tough because, you know, meeting the ultralight category, we are limited to weight big time. Got it. So the aircraft just comes in under the wire by two pounds. So you only have two pounds to move things around. And, um, you know, one of the biggest lessons we've learned since we started this is, you know, dimensions of actual bodies. They come in all different sizes. And uh, so you have some people are long in the leg, short in the torso. Some people are long in the torso, short in the leg. And. So I always tell people that oh, I've had six two guys in there with two three inches of head clearance, and I've had you know six footers in there that had to bend their neck sideways to fit in. So if you're tall or you're a big person, you almost got to try one on for size. You what almost got to sit in it. And, and then tell me this because if you're just joining the show. We're talking uh, ultralight helicopters. You can buy for we're talking under fifty grand now for a slight bit more, like ten grand more. You yeah. can get one with a turbine engine in it. Now, do you do you which do you think is a a, a more trustworthy Less apt to have an issue engine, the uh, your standard internal combustion engine or a turbine engine. Well, turbines by their nature are generally, you know, considered a a more reliable engine because there's only basically one moving part, right? Uh, so that's and turbines like to run one speed all the time, which in a helicopter, that's how a helicopter flies. Your rotor RPMs is one speed all the time. There's not a lot of throttle manipulation on it. It's only for power. If you need more power, then you manipulate the throttle. But the RPM always stays the same. You're one crazy bastard. 95 horsepower. Look, I'm looking at this turbine one, Bob. So you can jump into this thing with a goddamn jet on it, a turbine engine, and it'll hit 95 miles an hour. And they'll fly 
basically until you get to the space where you're not supposed to be there or you're running out of, of, of oxygen. So if you want to go to 5,000 feet and rip along at 100 miles an hour, you can do it. Yeah. That's amazing. 1,200 feet a minute climb rate. 12 yeah, gallons. Our, so you're going to get about an hour on that, though. Yeah, that's right. Our customer basically thinks or they often say that it's like wearing a helicopter, not necessarily flying one. Yeah. That's so fantastic. Just all the above. And you can buy you can buy a two-hour auxiliary tank, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's an eight-gallon auxiliary tank you can put on all the models except for the XEL, the ultralight. Right, right. Because now you're over limit on fuel and weight. Yeah. No, I'm definitely – I'll be in the XEL category because that's just where, where I'm at uh, with what I have time to do. But uh, And you think within 10 hours you could do this. You'd have to come out, you build this. How long does it take to build it at your shop? Um, it's an average about 400 man hours to, uh, assemble one. Wow. That's a lot. And where are you located? Uh, we're in Trenton, Florida, which is really close to Gainesville, Florida. It's a right. small town. All right. Listen, and, and you've sold a bunch of these already. And what do you think about the market? Is it, are you guys, as you get long haul, do you think there's enough people to buy these to keep it going? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the interest that we have, I mean, we've not yet even come close to tapping. You know, I, I used to have an old partner. I used to say, you know, if we sold 0.1% of the United States population, we couldn't build them fast enough. <laughs> and we're actually selling them to the world. And about 30% of what we manufacture right now actually goes to other countries. They're in Russia, China, Japan, France, Spain. They're all over the world. And uh, obviously, the biggest market is in the U.S. Because the U.S. is the one place with the ultralights that you do not have to file a flight plan. You don't have to legally have a uh, license. You don't have to register anything. This can be yours. As long as you don't get into some kind of a situation where they yank your ability to do it, this could be yours. Flying, You could fly out of your own private property. You need 50 feet to take off. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, you can, you can do it in small holes 50 feet, although... You know, you try not to drop in 300-foot ta- uh, tall trees with a 50-foot circle because sure. that means you got to take off straight up, straight down. Now, will the aircraft do it? Yes, it will. However, if you were to have a mechanical failure during that time, it puts you in, you know, in a bad spot. So you try to, you know, you try to use a bit of a runway if you can because it's yeah. always safer. You know, I have a friend that says just because you can do something doesn't mean you should all the time. Yeah, sure. So, what, what about bird strikes? Uh, you know, I, I've never had it, and I can't tell you that I, I've never talked to a customer that ever has, although I did have a close call at an air show one time with some buzzards, but for some <laughs> reason, they treated me like I was their daddy or something. There were three of them, and they kept trying to come at me, and I'm trying to fly away, and eventually they got tired and left, but that was the closest call I ever had. That's an amazing idea, man. Right, so people can find this. Go look for yourself. It's uh, The website is composite dash fx.com composite dash fx.com or just they can you could google ultralight helicopter or mosquito yeah okay and uh and then these are available right now yeah we're uh, well i mean if you were over one today you're about six eight months out because we have a backlog of 30 something machines currently excellent well listen I, I appreciate your time today uh it's a ridiculous idea but it's the best kind of ridiculous like yes yeah. you know <laughs> It really is like the idea that you can do this. If you have, I believe, if you have average ability and and you have any common sense at all that you know, and you don't want to die, you could learn to do this safely. And this is not see the problem with the other one. We had ten miles an hour wind; it was over. You were done for the day. This, you know, reasonable a reasonable decent day outside is a good day to go fly it, right? Yeah, we find that 
most of our customers up to about 20 mile an hour winds is fine over that you can still fly the machine i've flown it in 40 mile an hour winds however over 20 it becomes work it's no longer fun yeah so in 20s i mean that's a heavy wind yes it is yes it is all right listen hey dwight norbert i I, I do i appreciate you guys yeah you bet pleasure thanks for being interested i hope you have a great morning yeah listen i hope guys come i have to buy these things from you composite-fx.com or just look for mosquito ultralight helicopters look uh, xel xe xe290 any of these things or uh we'll put it up on all of our social media so people can just can uh, click through Johnny, thanks for the thanks for the spot. I uh, really appreciate it. Sure, stay there. Hold on, this is just a good idea, Bob. That's amazing. I can only imagine the, the sensation of speed if you're going yeah. 90 miles an hour in something with half the weight of a motorcycle. I mean, that that must be a hell of a rush. Well, the fact that you can literally at that 90 turn, rotate yourself, and just like look the other way. I mean, it's not always uh, a matter of forward motion i mean you can literally go up down left right you can spin the craft your, your pitch and your yaw like rotate the entire thing it's 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 an amazing idea oh that, yeah that you can fly and, this. and dude see you could do it you can ride a motorcycle you can uh, there's just i don't think it's easy by anybody's standards but once you have the skill if you keep the skill up i think it could be pretty fantastic you're right once you get a feel of it and it seems like it'd be perfect in the midwest where we have you know open spaces and not a lot of trees and what could go wrong yeah exactly exactly no it, it, it does sound interesting for sure you but you but it is true you can never let go of a control yeah no i get that like, so. you know when i was flying that my i didn't do anything with my hands in that ultralight right once you once you left the ground it was you're steering with your feet and and it was literally that simple man you know you could set your throttle and just and just leave it there it would just you could you could let go of it uh with this thing, man, it, it is just, yeah, you're going to fly it the entire time you're in it. You're going to fly it with both feet and both arms, and, and you're going to have to pay attention. But I suppose once you're once you're in the motion and it has all of it's there, like my, my wrist never gets tired riding a motorcycle. Right. Yeah, imagine you know I mean? it's like, like riding a bike, just getting the feel of it. You're yeah. always in it. And again, it's a little more complex to do this, but the point being is that you can do something nonstop for 12 hours, and it's not necessarily so taxing that you can't you know survive it. True. I, uh, true. I, uh, so you want to buy one of these? We should have. It one. is interesting. I would say before the interview, I thought no way, but I mean that does sound intriguing. Why wouldn't you have a one-man jet helicopter? I feel like this could be <laughs> this, is, this is the end of me or the next great chapter in my entire <laughs> life. I meant to ask him too what people are using these things for and why they have them. Uh, you know everything that goes along with like why would you spend the money and could you ride it off somehow? This has been the website of the day. From the Johnny Dare Morning Show. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.